Good morning, everyone. We want to welcome you to Sunday service. Especially, we'd like to welcome those of you who are here for the first time, our guests and visitors, and those joining us online. If you are new to Ananda and you have questions, we have a greeter at the desk by the, in the foyer. Please go see them. And also, you may want to join our other uh, guests and community members for lunch over at the Expanding Light. My name is Naya Swami Anandi. This is Naya Swami Bharat, and the talk this morning will be given by Jatendra. We'll begin with reading from Rays of the One Light by Swami Kriyananda. These are weekly commentaries on the Bible and Bhagavad Gita. This week's reading is called The Infinite Christ. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. The Gospel of St. John contains some of the most profound spiritual teachings in the Bible. In the first chapter, many subtle truths are suggested concerning higher states of self-realization. Here, John the Baptist is described as one reaching up toward that high state. He was not that light, the Gospel tells us, but was sent to bear witness of that light. Jesus Christ, by contrast, is described as the light itself. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. One essential truth stands out in this teaching, that Jesus came not to dogmatize people with a new teaching, but to bring them timeless, universal truths. Disciples saw the Master clothed in human form and therefore related to him in terms of his greatness relative to the greatness of other teachers. Wisdom, however, sees the Master's very greatness in terms of a cosmic unity. There is a passage in the path by Swami Kriyananda in which this point is emphasized. The Master, Paramahansa Yogananda, explained, the saint who attains, <coughs> excuse me, the saint who attains that exalted consciousness never says, <coughs> excuse me, I am God, restart over. The saint who attains that exalted consciousness never says, I am God, for he sees it was the vast ocean that became his little wave of ego. The wave, in other words, would not claim, when referring to the little self, to be the ocean. At this juncture, Deby, who was present, cried excitedly, but sir, if you are one with that ocean, that means you are God. Why I, Master asked, say he, he is God. But still, sir, you are one with him, and he is the only reality. That means you too are God. But this body isn't God. You aren't identified with your body, sir, so one may still say that you are God. Well, in that case, why do you say you? You too are that. In a discussion of this sort, 
it is less confusing if we say he. But what's the difference? The scriptures say, Master began, it's only your humility, sir, Davy broke in, that makes you distinguish between yourself and him. How can there be humility when there is no consciousness of ego? Triumphantly, Davy cried, but if you have no ego left, that means you are God. Master laughingly continued the earlier statement, which Davy had interrupted. The scriptures say, he who knows Brahma becomes Brahma. There, cried Davy, you said it yourself. <laughs> Master rejoined, still laughingly, I didn't say it. It's the scriptures that say so. Master, in other words, would not identify those words with the human body speaking them. It was in his overarching spirit that he saw himself one with the infinite. But Davy was unable to make this mental leap from a pure expression of infinity to infinity itself. You quoted those scriptures, sir, he reminded Master relentlessly. That means you agree with them. Recognizing that the distinction was, perhaps, too subtle for many to grasp, Master concluded, well, he who says he is God isn't God. And, he added with a smile, he who says he isn't, isn't. <laughs> <laughs> and there the subject rested amid general laughter. The greater a spiritual teaching, the more greatly we betray it by particularizing it with dogmas. Truth itself, not the Christian truth or the Hindu truth, incarnates on earth with the birth of a fully liberated master. As the Bhagavad Gita teaches in the fourth chapter, unborn, changeless, Lord of creation and controller of my cosmic nature, though I am, yet entering nature, I am dressed in the cosmic garment of my own maya, delusion. O Bharata, whenever virtue declines and vice predominates, I incarnate on earth. Taking visible form, I come to destroy evil and reestablish virtue. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Om, Om, Om. Well, good morning to you all. It's a blessing to be here with you all sharing today's topic. I'd like to read from Whispers from Eternity entitled, Listen to My Soul Song. Come listen to my soul song, the darkness burst in thy descending shafts of light, pierce the clouds of gloom to listen to my soul song. Behind the screen of my eyes, though hidden thou art, thou dost linger unseen to listen to my soul song. Burst the veils, burst the blue, burst all lights, and come to me as thou art to listen to my soul song. Burst my sense in my mind, Burst my heart and feeling, burst my silence and my soul,
to listen to my soul song. Burst the heart, burst the sky, burst the soul, and come listen to my soul song. Come listen to my soul song. In the breeze I feel thy touch, in the sun thy warm love. In the colorful scenery I see thy beauty face. In the waves I see thee dancing, leaping ever lightly. Thou dost pirouette o'er my thoughts, and listen ever to my soul song. Listen to my soul song. Break the heart, break the sky, break the soul. Come listen to my soul song. Hovering o'er clouds, lingering o'er lee, thou hast come to hear my soul song. Beneath the dim gloom of my devotion, hidden thou dost remain to listen to my soul song. I was just recently reflecting on the fact that it's been a, almost about one month exactly since Christmas. And a question for you is, has Christmas ended for you? I haven't really seen any Christmas lights hanging outside around the village or uh, Christmas trees hanging around anywhere. But you know, Swami Kriyananda said that Christmas happens once a year and it happens at such a massive scale. But we should try to live all year round with that presence of the massive fire in our heart of attuning to Christ, attuning to the infinite Christ. So perhaps one month has gone by and we might have forgotten that inner flame that was burning bright a month ago for Christ. But it's not too late, only one month has passed, so there's still <laughs> lots of time. But now is the time. What can we do to ignite that inner yearning of our hearts to know the infinite presence of Christ within us? There is a process. And this process that we can tune into is that this infinite love, this infinite joy of Christ is always trying to express itself to us, through us and in us. Paramahansa Yogananda said that worldly goal, <clears throat> excuse me, worldly goals are um, have their reality in time. Spiritual goals have theirs in eternity. And this is something important for us to tune into because we know that just as a farmer plants many seeds in his field, and if he plants them correctly, they start to sprout. And if the sun shines and the rain falls and no disease attacks the crop, fruit will bear. And over time, man figures out ways of how to quicken the process of how to grow crops and how to quicken this process. But essentially, it's bound by or limited to natural law. No matter how much Yogananda said you try to speed up that process, there's still the process that's bound to natural law. The moon will cycle around the earth. It will take one month. The sun, the earth will revolve around the sun and it'll take one year. It's bound to this natural law. And so when we come onto the spiritual path, we may bring with us this same idea that we labor here on earth. We offer ourselves as much as possible on the spiritual path. But there's something that can get caught in our minds, in our hearts, that we have to wait for the ability to reap the harvest, to experience 
the, the fruit of the spiritual life. And Yogananda said that spiritual truths are not bound by this natural law. It's rooted in eternity. It's not bound by the past, the present, or the future. And Paramahansa Yogananda said that man has to wait to know God only because they're bound by time consciousness. He said, we all have God right now. Nothing less, nothing more. And he said that we hold him at a distance, both in time and in space. And so he said that rather if we can now claim that I have him now, eternally he is mine. I have him now, eternally he is mine. When we think about infinity, when we think about the infinite presence of Christ, it's natural for us to hold that at a distance, both in time and space. We sit in our meditation practice and we pray. Yoganandaji always emphasized that we should pray in God. As, as long as we're holding God in a faraway, distant land, perhaps in this place of heaven that comes after we die, then that's what our reality will be. And it'll be very difficult for us to tune in to that infinite presence. So I recommend to follow Yogananda's words here that we can practice this week as much as possible visiting this in your mind, that I have him now, eternally he is mine. But we have to practice this. And one of the things that Yogananda would often quote Christ in saying that the fields are white, already to harvest. Now, here at the point between the eyebrows, Yogananda came, a big part of his mission was to show us that every one of us can find God. We can experience that infinite presence within us. And the point between the eyebrows, Yogananda said, is the doorway to the infinite. So it comes to the question, how often are we tuning into that door? We now know the method, we know the method, we know a little more of the process, but now it comes down to our own inner work of how much each day we wake up with that fervor in our hearts to want to put forth our effort of attuning to that flow of grace within us, attuning to the point between the eyebrows. Just the more sugar you put in water, the sweeter it becomes. So just the same when we keep attuning to the point between the eyebrows and we look for light, the more we begin to see unfolding within us this infinite presence. It seems very simple, doesn't it? But we have to remember each day how much time passes with us forgetting to look within. We have to remember this. Also, Yoganandaji gave us a very beautiful uh, visualization, a very beautiful chant for us to keep in our consciousness of remembering this process that infinity is trying to express itself to us, through us, and in us. And this chant is opal flame. I recommend you all to look into this and to learn the chant. And if not learn the chant, repeat these in your consciousness. One of the first lines, if thou wilt see opal flame, drive darkness evermore, searing thy silence through the, with the sword of pranayam. Searing thy silence with the sword of pranayam. So, as Krishna tells Arjuna, the mind is more difficult to control than the wind. The mind is more difficult to control the, than the breath, Krishna is saying. 
So how often do we go forth throughout our day, forgetting to look within, forgetting to attune to this power within us? And this power lies in the prana within us. And the more that we go inside and we still the breath and we go into the inner calmness of the soul, through longer, deeper, thirsty, guru-given meditation comes the celestial samadhi, comes this unfolding presence within us that's waiting to burst. It's waiting to burst through the veils that we carry with us. But we have to attune our consciousness, attune our thoughts, our energy, and align it with that flow of grace through meditation, through service. And Yogan, this quote from the Bhagavad Gita, unborn, changeless, Lord of creation, in controller of my cosmic nature, though I am, yet entering nature, I am dressed in the cosmic garment of my own maya. Very interesting. And here, Yogananda is saying that life is glorious, life is beautiful, life is filled with joy, if we only find God beneath the debris of matter. And God has manifested in so many beautiful ways, especially to all those great masters who have stood in the same place that we're standing right now and are continued one step at a time and offering themselves in that inner light now has become free. But this presence of God has uh, manifested in so many beautiful ways on this earth and beyond. But it's not limited. It's not limited to even the presence of the vast power of the Guru's love, the vast presence of Christ. It's beyond this. And Yogananda said that the soul cannot change its intrinsic reality as a manifestation of God. It can, however, and constantly does, mutate its outward appearances. God sleeps in the rocks, dreams in the plants, steers to wakefulness in the animals, and in mankind becomes self-aware. And so for all of us, the goal as a spiritual aspirant is try again and again to look for that light because God has manifested in everything and especially through us. Yogananda said something very fun and interesting. He said that God, he is always trying to advertise himself through you. So I'm tuning into this. I'm waiting to collect my royalty check. <laughs> if, uh, you know, for all of us, that, that's a lot of money, a lot of advertising power. But he said this for a very important reason, that God is always trying to adver advertise himself through you. His, your very conscience, Yogananda said, is God's voice. And so we sit here all together in this beautiful temple, those who are tuning in online, they have their families, their friends, their acquaintances. We have a vast potential every day to look for that infinite expression of light, of love, of joy by looking at each other. Especially when you interact with your friends, with your loved ones, or anyone, look for that light in their eyes. Because God, especially, he's trying to advertise through everyone. But we have to stop and we have to remember and to change the way that we look at things and the things we look at change. Now, when we look at each other and we honor that light that is within each other, we not only receive the blessings 
of the illumination of that truth within us, but we also bless those that we interact with. Because as we honor that light in each other, in nature, everything around us begins to awaken and open to that expression of light more and more and more into infinity. So next time that you interact with someone, perhaps after service and those online, who your first interaction, just take that moment. Try to see God expressing himself through that other person. As you speak to your friend, your loved one, Try to communicate with them with feeling energy at the point between the eyebrows, Yogananda said, relating to their spiritual eye. And you can feel that exchange of energy. So when we speak of infinity and how we can tune into the infinite Christ, it can feel quite overwhelming. But we can start here and now by relating to what is in front of us because we can be certain, as our guru said, to accept everything that comes to us as coming from God. For what purpose? But only to find God. And so we have to remember this. And I think that if you can see everyone that you interact with as a reminder, then I can assure you that you won't forget. Because there's millions of people in this world. And here at Ananda Village, we're constantly with each other. So if we use that alone, we will be able to discover this power that is flowing through us. There is... <clears throat> a song that Swami Kriyananda wrote which I, is one of my favorite songs and it's entitled Home is a Green Hill and one of the lyrics in this song is nothing can dim the light of my soul and I invite you all to not underestimate the power of your soul to underestimate this light this power that is always trying to express itself through you. And when you sit to meditate, try to tune into that. I tried this very much this morning when I sat to meditate to try to feel that through your practice of Hong Sa, which is such a powerful meditation technique. As Yogananda said, it's one of the most powerful techniques that India has given to the world. Hong Sa, I am spirit. And feel when you practice this mantra, I am spirit, essentially what are we doing? We're letting go of that ego attachment and we're saying that we are a part of all that is. I, we are a part of that great ocean of bliss. But when we sit to meditate, try to start from that place of feeling infinity. Try not to feel that you're sitting there with your mala and holding it in your left hand and you're wiggling a little bit to get comfortable and, you know, just starting the vehicle to start your journey to that greater consciousness. Try to feel as soon as you sit. Try to feel that you are an empty vessel for infinity, the infinite love of Christ, the infinite joy of Christ, the Guru, to flow through you, through your techniques, through your prayer, through your restless thoughts. But start from that place. And when we start there, of feeling that we are a part of that, then you'll feel that power of your soul flowing through, through the Guru's grace, into your techniques. And one thing that I would recommend when you're tuning into this is try to feel more and more that it is the expression of your heart's love. It is your devotional yearning 
that is really powering this process. And the one thing that I w practice very often before my meditation, or especially my meditation practice when I am starting to get restless and the technique is starting to get a little dry, as I just stop and I just, to honor that infinite presence, I just very, very simply say, I love you, Master. I love you, Guru. I love you, Christ. And when you tune into that place within your heart, automatically you'll just start to feel this unfolding infinite presence. Because it is, as Yogananda said, when he experienced that presence of cosmic consciousness, when, when Sri Yukteswarji tapped him on his chest, his first experience of cosmic consciousness. He said, that many of us know, that I cognize the center of the Imperium as a point of intuitive perception in my own heart. So let's start there. Just as this process unfolds for the farmer of planting the seeds and waiting for the sun to shine and hopefully the rains will come and hopefully the insects won't eat our crops. Why wait? We can start there in our meditation practice, go into the heart and feel the Guru's love, feel the Guru's blessings with you before you begin. And then feel that ever-expanding. And as you feel that expanding, know more and more that as Yogananda said, the success for the devotee comes through the realization that God is the doer. So humbly bow before that process unfolding within you with reverence, and know that that infinite expression of Christ is trying to express itself through you in every moment of your life. So honor every moment of your life. Present moment awareness is essential because as Yogananda said, very important that forget the past for it's out of your domain. He said, forget the future for it's out of your grasp. He said, live in the present moment perfect the now. And when we do this, this is how we start to go into that presence of infinity. I'd like to share with you this, I'll close with this, um, this very beautiful prayer and poem by Paramahansa Yogananda, which is essential for us as we move through our spiritual life as we're going to experience karma, we're going to experience ups and we're going to experience the downs. But as we know in this chant that Yogananda gave to us that, oh, life is sweet and death a dream when thy song flows through me. Oh, health is sweet and sickness a dream when thy, their love, their grace, the power of God flows through us, that we become beyond this duality into this present, steadfast, unending presence of Christ's love. And what is our part to attune to that process is that we must always remember, moment by moment, to love, to love each other, to love this process that's unfolding. When we're given challenges, to love the challenges, accepting it all with love, and go on expanding your love, because this is how we're going to behold the truth that this light of Christ, the light of the masters, the infinite expression of God is within us and is trying to expand itself within us. So this, I invite you to close your eyes and I'd like to read this poem in prayer and we'll close with this as we take this in our hearts, moving 
ever closer to God. I shall go on loving thee, whether working in a factory or sitting on a throne, I must go on loving thee. Whether dishonored by all or enthroned in all hearts, I must go on loving thee. Whether fading with disease or thrilling with health, I must go on loving thee. Whether I commit all the errors of the world or practice all the virtues of the scriptures, I must go on unconditionally loving thee. In the Hades of misery or in the heaven of joy, I know that love is thy throne. If I go on loving thee always, I shall be on the throne with thee through eternity. Whether thou dost answer or not my demands or prayers, I shall go on loving thee. Whether thou dost love me or not, I shall go on loving thee. It is thou who hast planted love in me, and that is why I shall forever go on loving thee. First, I must love thee before I love anything or anyone else. Om. Home is a green hill, home is a wind, blowing betrayal far, far away. Home is the knowledge, heaven is near, home's the end of the my heart's land, home's where I am. Nothing can dim the light of my soul. Home is forever, home is today. Home's the heart that is home. Often I dream that life is a play, laughter forever and skies never gray. But when I'm silent, freed from all care, I discover my homes everywhere. Home is a green hill, home is a wind, blowing betrayal far, far away. Home is the knowledge, heaven is near, home's the end of the fray.